Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody, I just listened back and the audio sounds terrible. Uh, we moved a bunch of clothes out of the closet because, like I said, uh, well, like you'll hear, uh, we're moving. So because uh, we're moving and we've moved all this stuff out of the the closet, uh, this is going to be how it sounds until we move into the new place. Uh, I apologize. It sounds terrible. I'll see what I can do next week about fixing it. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi and I am your host and it is Father's Day morning, uh, which we're not celebrating Father's Day in my family because, um, well, because we're buying a house and we have other things to focus on and I'm okay with that because we didn't celebrate Mother's Day either for similar reasons. Just a lot of stuff going on this year. So, um, but I'm happy to report that I will... In the next probably four weeks, eh, maybe a little longer than four weeks, I'll actually have a little podcasting room, the smallest room in the house, but it's a room. I'm really happy about it. Uh, that's not a closet, and I could actually record a podcast room in there and have everything set up, and I don't know, I'm really looking forward to it. Get a desk. I feel like a real boy. No longer a, a marionette. Is that what Bonfield was, a marionette? Anyway, uh, let's get into this podcast. First, I would like to apologize about last week's episode because the audio quality was terrible. And if you think the audio, if you think the audio quality was terrible on the uh, second iteration of the podcast, because uh, you guys probably don't know this, I did. I recorded, exported the the file out in in Final Cut, and it sounded so bad. So I went back and, uh, I don't know, I probably worked on it for, I want to say six hours. I could have record, re-recorded the whole thing, but the problem was not so much on my side, although there were some problems with my recording. It was the the audio that I imported in from the investors meeting, and it was just, oh man, it was all over the place. Sometimes it was really loud, sometimes it was really quiet in the same clip, and everything was set level. I don't know. It was just a, it was a freakish and a nightmare. Uh, it was a freakish event and it was a whole, the whole thing was a nightmare. So some of it might've seemed a little discombobulated and I might've seemed a little discombobulated when I was recording it because there was just weird things going on while I was recording. So 
Anyway, not my best work, so I apologize about that. But that was easily the the most uh, the hardest podcast I've worked on at this point. It's just there's just a lot to repair. So, but let's get back to this thing. Let's, uh, oh, that's opening up my calendar. My iPad is dead, so let's pull up our notes on the computer here. It's always nice when you haven't used your iPad for a while and pull it out and it was fully charged when you put it in your backpack and now it's dead. Uh, very unprofessional. Hope you guys had a good week. Let's see here. I'm pulling it up. We're almost there. Here we go. So 96, 96 former episodes and we hit a hundred. Amazing. So let's talk about some of the things that I like this week. I discovered while I was packing, uh, threw a laptop on and uh, pack. I discovered a show called Detroiters, Detroiters on Comedy Central. It's about these guys that, uh, kind of have one of these, uh, local ad agencies in Detroit. And uh, they're really close friends, and it's hilarious. I highly suggest it. Um, I, 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 I doubled over in laughter, and that doesn't happen very often for a television show. It's really funny. Uh, next up, videos. Normally, I haven't been putting videos in, so I don't know if you guys are actually watching these, but there's some, some good videos to take a look at. One is Thatcham Research Group. I think they're in the U.K., they explain why Tesla, they kind of explain why Tesla is getting, hitting these stationary objects. And they have, uh, the video shows, uh, the Tesla following behind a, uh, lead vehicle. And then that lead vehicle peels off and there's a stationary vehicle in front of the lead vehicle. And then the car, uh, the Tesla smashes the stationary vehicle, which is just basically like a cardboard box. Um, but it's really interesting to see, um, but Tesla said, uh, had thought that Thatcham research in using the autopilot correctly, that wouldn't have happened. And which means, um, you have to keep your hands on the wheel and you actually have to interact with the car because it's driver assisted, not autonomous driving. So, um, that's kind of the video's point. So, and Elon, just as there's related note here, said that Autopilot 9 will be out this summer. So, um, he's at the investors meeting, made lots of cool promises about uh, the upcoming Autopilot upgrades. Sorry, my voice is a little raw as it's 6.30 in the morning as I record this. Um, another video with a Tesla employee who appears to be sleeping. So, um, slumped, slumped over the rear, oh, slumped over the wheel. So I don't know what's going on with that. And, uh, and then the last one is, um, Andre, Andre, I think it's Andre, Andrej, Andrej Karpathy, Karpathy. Uh, he's the director of AI at Tesla. Seems like a really cool dude. He gave a 30 minute, uh, talk on how, autopilot computer vision and the neural networks but he goes all the way back into like caveman days and then kind of brings it 
to what Tesla's doing. And it's really interesting. Some of it's a little above uh, my understanding, to be honest with you, but it's still, it's very interesting and it's worth uh, taking a look at. I had to, I did have some problems with that video. It's on Vimeo, which normally I don't have any problems with Vimeo videos. Um, but just so you know, um, for whatever reason, it, it took a long time. It buffered a lot. So maybe they were just having a problem. I don't know. So there's lots of new listeners to the show, and I would like to welcome them. Welcome them. I would like to welcome all of our old listeners and all of our Patreon supporters and say thank you for listening and uh, supporting the show. So there's two parts to this. Uh, there's the kilobits parts part of the show, which is um, kind of like just kind of headlines. And then there's the actual news part of the show, which I usually do three or four articles. Today it's three. So let's jump in to the kilobits section. At some point I'm going to add music for that, but not today. This next one, you know, almost every story came from Fred Lambert, um, which that hasn't happened in a while. But uh, this first one is from Fred Lambert at Electric. Kia is unveiling an all-new electric vehicle. It's um, it's called the Niro, N-I-R-O. It's got the same powertrain as the Hyundai Kona, which we've talked about in the past, um, and it's pretty much the Hyundai Kona, except for it's a Kia. So let's go down the specs here. 450 kilometer range or 288 miles with the big battery pack. Uh, the little battery pack is 300 kilometer range or 186 miles. Just like the Kona, it's got a lithium polymer battery. Um, 0 to 16 7.8 seconds. It's going to go on sale in Korea the second half of 2018. Um, but other markets will follow. Probably Europe and then the United States is what it sounds like. And it's going to be, or North America I should say, because we still have Canada and stuff up here. Um, and, and Mexico. It's going to limit production to 20,000 vehicles. And my question is, if it's limiting production, is that because of a, like we're just testing this out? Or is this just a compliance car so that they can... Uh, they can sell gas cars. And what I'm, with Kia, I can't think of anything that's like a real gas guzzler, so it probably isn't a compliance car, but it's just a weird uh, number to cap it at. Sorry, I feel like I'm breathing out of my mouth a lot, and that's probably something maybe you've noticed or not noticed, but my nose is all stuffed up, so I'm having a hard time here. It's, you know, early in the morning voice, Plus stuffy nose. It's just not working out. Uh, let's see. Fred Lambert Byton, which is an auto manufacturer, up-and-coming startup. They just secured $500 million in funding and announced a new autonomous concept car. It's the Byton K-Byte. And if you've not heard about the Byton, it's this beautiful car. It's got this beautiful screen that goes from one side of the dash to the other, it's kind of bulky and ugly the way that the it sits in the dash, but it, the screen itself is really beautiful. But to me, the big news isn't the, the fact that it's uh, the, the new car, the concept car, because honestly, it's a concept car. We may never see it. The big news is that they got $500 million in funding, which is a good start to uh, 
start producing these cars, which I believe they're going to start producing them in China. So, um, $500 million, while it's not going to get them, um, a hundred percent there, it's going to get them, uh, a good start. They're going to have a good start to get there. Um, they want to start producing cars by 2021. And according to Crunchbase, so I did a little research because Lucid Motors, when we talked about them a year and a half ago or so, they needed to have uh, $300 million to start building, building their facility or to complete their facility in Casa Grande, Arizona. Um, one of the things is, to the best of my ability, to the best of my knowledge, there's no, they haven't started, they haven't broken ground. So um, they're going to need, so far they've raised in the entire, um, in their entirety as Lucid Motors, because they were another company before that, they've only raised $151 million. Um, and I was like, man, uh, I wonder how much Faraday Futures raised, because they were well-funded, but they failed. But how funded were they? Turns out they've raised $2, $2 billion dollars. Um, and you know, just FYI, Faraday Future is building a new factory, but they raised $2 billion and burned through that money. So it just shows that, uh, money can't overcome poor planning. Um, so I guess my question is, is what is Biden and maybe, uh, folks out there who are listening can email me and answer this. What is Biden doing that Lucid isn't? Because they took their car, both companies took their car on tour and showed it off and had little parties and things like that. Both vehicles are beautiful in their own right. I think the Lucid Air is way more beautiful than the Biton, but the Biton has some really cool features, especially with that big screen. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see where this all goes. I, as many car companies, uh, new car companies out there, um, I want them to succeed. I want them all to su succeed because we need, um, we need a push. And I think, uh, this kind of stuff will get, get us there. Next up. And if Tesla's look or Tesla, if Apple's looking for a car, I would look at the lucid motors or lucid air. Cause quite frankly, we sat, Sierra and I went to Monterey, sat in that car and, um, it's really beautiful. It's really comfortable. It's, I wish we could have got a ride in it, but that's yeah, where it was, but it's it's a really cool vehicle, and I, I think that I think that they could be a really successful company. They just and they have great people that work there. It just it's kind of like we're quietly waiting them for them to start building their factory. So we'll see how that pans out. Okay, just had some coffee, trying to get rid of this morning voice. Let's see here. So we talked about the Biden. Next one up is Fred Lambert from Electric. Tesla will be uh, will build the pods that they're, that's going to be used for public transportation for the Boring Company tunnels. So if you don't know, um, the Boring Company they want to build these mass transit underground tunnels, which I guess is what a tunnel is underground. And you basically get in this like glass shaped box and with a bunch of other people you sit down and it shoots you through um at this point la 
and also uh, they just got a, a contract in Chicago to go from O'Hare to Block 37. I don't know what Block 37 is. I've never been to Chicago. Well, it's not true. I haven't been to Chicago as an adult, so, and I'm a big Bears fan, but I don't know what Block 37 is. So if you do know, uh, email me and let me know. But anyway, it'll uh, shoot these uh, shoot these folks using public transportation down the tube, traveling up to 100 miles an hour in some cases, and um, they'll get you know they'll bypass all the surface traffic and get to where they need to go in a timely manner. It's only going to cost a dollar, which is insane. Um, see what happens. Like, are they going to do long distance stuff? We'll, we'll kind of see what. I mean, when are they going to do long distance? The first they'll do it, but we'll see kind of how that goes. But I don't think anybody's surprised that Tesla's going to build the pods for the boring company. Um, there's a very incestuous relationship between the boring company, SpaceX, and um, Tesla. So that's not, that's a surprise to no one. Let's see. You can now see a Model 3 at uh, 17 new Tesla stores. So if you're looking for a Model 3, you can go to Burlington, or Burlington, Burlingame, California. Uh, the Dublin Amador Plaza in California. Glendale, California. Mission Viejo. Santa Barbara. love Santa Barbara. It's such a pretty place. San Diego. Big fan of that. Sunnyvale. I'm going to be there soon. Uh, for a little bit. Uh, Lone Tree Park Meadows, Sunnyvale's in California, most of this place is in California. Uh, Lone Tree Park in Colorado, uh, Boca Raton, Florida, um, the Moana Center in Hawaii, uh, Chicago, uh, Westmont in Illinois, if you haven't noticed these are all in the United States, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, Cleveland, Ohio, um, Manhasset, American Manhasset, New York. Not familiar with that place. Brooklyn in New York. Dallas Center in Texas. And um, McLean Tyson's Corner in Virginia. And I'm sure I said a lot of those places wrong. But if you want to go see Model 3 and crawl around one, I'm, I'm sure you can probably sit in it. Uh, go to those places. And then you have the, there are six other stores coming. So not a big story in that one. I just think if you're looking to, to take a peek, that's where you should go. Uh, Jeremy Korzeniewski, Korzeniewski, uh, Polish names that I have a hard time with, from Autoblog. Um, Elon tweeted a pic of the first dual motor Model 3 to roll off the line. And that's exciting. It also starts at $78,000. It's 0 to 60 in three and a half seconds and 155 uh, mile an hour top end speed. And the range is 310 miles. Um, I was thinking, I really was like, when the Model 3 came out, of like, I really want the dual motor. It's $78,000. I, I don't want the dual motor for $78,000. That's a lot of money. So, I mean, you were into luxury car territory at $78,000. And nobody said that the Model 3 was going to be the people's car, but good lord, $78,000. More than twice as much as the base model. 
Let's see. Let's get into news. Now, these news stories are going to appear to um, all be have a negative slant. Um, let's see. I don't think that... Hmm. A lot of the podcasts that I listen to, the Tesla podcast, they'll talk about all the great stuff that Tesla does, and then they'll occasionally throw in something that's negative. Um, I'm a firm believer. I love Tesla. I think it's a great company, but I'm a firm believer that uh, you got to cover the good with the bad, and today is the bad. It's not terrible news, but uh, it's really important uh, to not gloss over the things that the that the Tesla. Elon has sold everybody on a vision of making the world better, and that's got to start with employees. So this is what we're going to talk about. Before we start, for new listeners, I am a proud union member, so uh, you know you could take whatever I say, and it probably has a, a union slant to it, but I'm also a realistic person, and I know that unions aren't perfect, and we cause a lot of our own trouble, So, and bad PR, so let's keep it that way. But ultimately, I think unions are good uh, for workers, and it's good for companies too. So let's talk about this. Um, first of all, this is from Fred Lambert. Tesla's laying off up to nine percent of its workforce, and that's somewhere around three thousand employees. This, these aren't going to be production workers; these are going to be salaried employees. Um, the laid-off employees will get a severance-based uh, severance package based on the years of service and. Um, Elon said that it was a significant salary and stock vesting. So it looks like these 3,000 people, when they leave, they're going to be well taken care of, which is good. Uh, This is kind of in line with what Elon's been saying for the last couple months about reorganizing the company and flattening the management structure. Um, If you remember a couple weeks ago, probably more than a month ago now, they cut ties with a bunch of contractors who weren't vouched for by uh, Tesla employees in order to, they're, they're kind of on their way to um, try to get to profitability. When they acquired Solar City, I think they laid off 20% of Solar City, which most of those were, um, I believe they were like Home Depot uh, folks that, that uh, would tell you about Solar City are, um, yeah, Solar City. While you were shopping for your nuts and bolts and whatever it is you get at Home Depot, so um, this isn't the first time Tesla's done a layoff. It's good that it's no production workers. It's sad that when anybody loses their job, but it sounds like these people are going to be well compensated and uh, kind of given a, a runway to find their next job. So that's good. Ah, uh, man. Uh, let's see here. Elon said, to ensure that Tesla is well-prepared for the future, we have undergone, excuse me, we have been undertaking a thorough reorganization of the company. As part of the reorg, we are flattening the management structure to improve communication, combining functions where sensible, and trimming activities that are not vital to the success of our mission. So overall, um, especially when you're, like if you're a, if you're a company of five, and you hire one employee, and you find out oh that's going to cost us way too much money, and this one employee is just duplicating what the other four employees are doing, then 
it kind of makes sense to cut somebody loose. But that's that's not as easy. Um, it's just as hard because um, you have whenever you're too fat on employees, you're not going to make any money, or you're going to make much less money. So in order to make more money, you kind of have to cut those employees out. And I'm not saying this is great. I'm kind of wondering if, if while Tesla's growing, if any of those employees will get um, the opportunity to be reassigned somewhere else, or they they were, um, Elon said, I think somewhere in his, his letter, that they would be welcome to reapply for Tesla. So I don't know if they're going to get a severance package, and then after a certain amount of time, they could reapply in different areas. I mean, it's a big company of 30,000 people. It's kind of, you think they would go somewhere, right? Okay, so the next one is Edward Niedermeyer from the Daily Beast. And this is going to talk, we've talked about a lot of this stuff, so I didn't really highlight it. But there are more stories coming out. Um, we've talked about the, the fires in the paint shop. And I'm going to say this, and for those of you who don't know, I'm a firefighter. Um, there's fires, which are something that an employee can handle, or a person just in general can handle by either stomping it out or putting a lid over, uh, like a grease fire or something like that. There's starving it of oxygen in whichever way you can, or cooling it. So there are fires that can be managed by like 90% of the people. And then there are fires that the actual fire department needs to take care of. It kind of sounds like these paint shop fires because um, they use a lot of chemicals in paint shops. And you, if you don't dispose of rags correctly, um, they can spontaneously combust, which isn't spontaneous. There's a whole chemical reaction. But anyway, the whole point is, the um, if those are the kind of fires, I, I don't see that as being that big of a deal. Although um, you got to be really careful and use uh, good practices when disposing of that stuff. Um, the article talks about how the paint shop's a disaster area, and to some extent, and this is me being a pro union person, but to some extent, if the paint shop's a disaster area, then that's kind of the employee's fault. It's their responsibility to kind of keep it clean. On the other side, if Tesla's not maintaining the equipment um, or not paying for the equipment to be maintained, giving them the proper tools, then that's on Tesla. Um, they talked about injuries during production, which we discussed last week, and Elon made a big deal about, and I think he's genuine, about the, the repetitive injuries that are happening. And then... Um, one of the other things is the, the they, they were saying, and it sounds like they talked to like maybe three employees about this, but there are shutdowns, and that's the shutdowns, the unplanned shutdowns are interfering with production issues. I used to work for Micron a really long time ago, and we built the line I was on built boards um, for computers, like motherboards and stuff like that. Um, I was also on a line that built RAM chips, or RAM, not chips, it soldered the RAM on the boards. And uh, these, that line would go down all the time. So I don't know that that's that big of a deal, because these are big machines and they're they're moving around and, you know, you don't want to make mistakes, but 
when the when the lines go down, it definitely costs the company money. But there were times when we would be sitting at our little um, tables waiting for motherboards for a really long time. I don't. It seems like production delays uh, due to shutdowns is a pretty normal thing. I don't know what the percentages would be normal. So just from my own experience, that doesn't seem like it's um, that big of a deal unless it's happening like every hour on the hour. But I mean, it seems like, man, a couple of times a day, we just kind of be sitting on our hands waiting for these things to come back on so that we can inspect them. Um, let's see here. Some of the problems with that's going on with Tesla is, uh, according to the article, the first Model 3s that uh, came out for the prototypes, they were hand-built and they were not production, like uh, I guess was alluded to. I don't remember anybody alluding them to actually being production cars, and I always figured that they'd be hand-built, so it's not a shock to me that they were. I mean, they're the first uh, couple of vehicles off uh, uh, that a company was showing off it kind of doesn't make sense that they would have the lines in place but um so i don't know that that's that big a deal but uh it's worth mentioning um some of the other problems for tesla right now is there's a group of shareholders that are accusing tesla and the management team of security fraud and they're alleging that the execs knew or were reckless in their and and their decisions um, in terms of the Model Three and how uh, how many production problems they would have, so they're suing them. But Tesla filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit because they told everybody that they were going to be in production hell, and uh, I think they were even deeper in production hell than they thought Tesla was. But I mean that makes sense. Um, it makes sense on Tesla's side. Like it did not sound to me like they are going to be um, cars were going to be rolling off the line lickety split. It sounded to me like these were going to be prob. This was going this whole process was going to be problematic, and it turns out it was more problematic than I thought. But you know, it's it's not a, a total surprise to be honest with you. Um, let's see. Tesla's denied all these claims, of course. And the truth is somewhere in the middle, but it's worth highlighting. Um, and this last story is a Reuters story, and I'm going to get through this because i got to take a shower and go to work. Uh, but a, tes a Tesla employee, uh, let's see here, I'm going to read directly. A Tesla employee organizing a, a union was asked by a supervisor and company security guards to leave the factory after handing out pro-union flyers. The workers said at a National Labor Relations Board, NLRB, hearing on Monday on whether or not Tesla had violated federal safeguards for employee activity. So it turns out this, this employee was on medical leave, went to the factory. It's not like he was working at the time. He was on medical leave, went to the factory, and was handing out um, union material. So to, if Tesla loses this case, they have to notify all of their employees that it was practicing unfair labor practices. And um, I think that that's pretty important. Address Rodriguez, Rodriguez Ritchie, an attorney for the NLRB, said that Tesla asked workers to sign a confidentiality agreements 
that were overly broad in preventing them from publicly discussing their working conditions, which uh, I can understand not talking about uh, processes, but not talking about, like, if I don't think you can sign away um, your ability to talk about things that you're um, that you're concerned about as far as safety issues. That doesn't seem like uh, something that you can do with a non -con uh, a confidentiality agreement. Um, of course, Tesla's denied these allegations. Michael Sanchez, um, who has worked at Tesla since 2012, well, we talked about that. He was on medical leave. Um, it's kind of a, I don't know, this is kind of a big deal. Elon's come, come out against the union and some fair and some unfair statements about it, about the UAW. Uh, like I said, uh, unions are fantastic, uh, but they're not perfect. Companies are fantastic, but they're not perfect. And it requires everybody to work together to kind of, um, uh, to build a better company. It's in everybody's best interest and it should be. Um, Tesla said it did have, it's had similar allegations over the years and they were all found to be without merit and were dismissed. So we'll see what happens with this one. Uh, just because you had, uh, just because other things were dismissed or not considered valid doesn't mean this one's not. Uh, Tesla does say that it values its employees and I, I believe them. I think they value their employees very much because they're not heartless monsters, but they don't think they value unions very much and that's not the same thing. And uh, Elon recently t tweeted that Tesla employees, um, he couldn't stop Tesla employees from voting to become union, um, but they're not doing it, so they don't want to. I don't know that that's true. I mean, I'm sure t Elon's probably talked to some employees, but I don't think he's talked to every single Tesla employee to, to get an idea if they want to be union or not. But anyway, I won't... Uh, belabor this, but that's kind of the, some of the negative things going on with Tesla. I'm sure next week we'll be back to talking about all the positive, fun stuff. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'm not going to go through my normal uh, goodbyes, which are always awkward anyway, but I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you have a great week, and uh, this week looks much easier for me than last week, so I'm really excited about it. So everybody have a great week. Have a happy Father's Day, and uh, enjoy your barbecues. Talk to you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.